0: Good evening. evening. Sure, I'm one. All right. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Once again, finishing up from this morning, Mark chapter 1. We began this morning with verses 9 through 13. We looked at verses 9 and 10. This evening, we'll look at verses 11 through 13. As you're turning there uh we'll be reminded that the title of our message is from the water to the wilderness john i'm sorry mark chapter one begin with verse number nine we'll pick up and if you're able let's stand as we honor the reading of god's word mark chapter one verse number nine mark chapter one verse nine the word of god says and it came to pass in those days ...that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days... Tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Pray with me once again. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night of worship uh, that you've called us to. And, Lord, as your word has been read, I know that your word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it does exactly what it is set out to do. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that those that are here tonight can be challenged, encouraged, equipped, uh, convicted... By your words this morning, that we may be better uh, suited to follow you. Father, if there is one here, Lord, that is drifting away, that you would bring them back, or if there's one here that doesn't know you at all, Father, I pray that you would speak to their heart, convict them, and save them. For these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, we talked about this is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He uh, uh, From the time of his birth up until 12 years old is uh, kind of the only thing we see. And then from a span of uh, 12 to the 30 years of age, we don't see anything about him. And Mark picks up with the beginning of the ministry of Christ. And it was the beginning of the ministry that was marked with baptism. And then after his baptism, it was uh, faced with suffering, with temptation, so to speak. And I have mentioned how, isn't that usually how it is? Whenever we go through these great mountain peaks of life, such as what Jesus has encountered at his baptism, that when we go through these great times at, uh, and, and, and high, spiritual highs, that it's oftentimes that it is then that we are met in the wilderness by Satan being tempted. So this morning we began to look at that. We looked at verse number 9 and we talked about John's baptism. And how Jesus went to John to be baptized of him. We talked about how when Jesus was being baptized, uh, he was identifying himself with sinners. We talked about how, uh, isn't it great to know that Jesus Christ identified himself with us so that we could be identified with Christ. And through that... We learned how he came through, through from a despised town like Nazareth uh, to a despised river like the Jordan. And he identified himself with this despicable thing so that we, a despicable people, could be identified with him. And then he also authenticated John's baptism. And I didn't mention this this morning, but I'll mention it tonight. When Jesus went to John, uh, he, Jesus was from Nazareth of Galilee. John was way down in the Jordan, way down south. And many people believe that he was in the Jordan River, about where it meets the Dead Sea. And if you look on your uh, map in the back of your Bible, you'll see that it's probably around 75 miles that Jesus would have traveled from Nazareth to down to where John was baptizing. And he went there strictly because it was the Father's will, and it was John's authority that he was, was to be baptized under to identify himself with the people. And that was John's baptism. Then we talked about how, after he was baptized, it says the heavens were opened and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. A dove is gentle and kind, and uh, that's what Jesus experienced with this dove anointing him for his empowering ministry and we've looked at how throughout his life and throughout his ministry and even at his death and resurrection how his the spirit marked his entire life and it talks about how that when you get saved that the spirit of god is the same spirit that dwells in you is the same spirit that anointed jesus christ at his baptism that anointed him and came upon him to identify him as the king of kings and lord of lords and the same spirit empowered ministry that he had we could have as well being empowered by the holy spirit to accomplish the things that god has called us to accomplish in this life for his glory so that was the descent of the spirit and this evening we pick up in verse number 11 with the father's approval couldn't you imagine this At the baptism of Jesus, where it says the heavens open, the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. I don't know how many people could see it, but I do know that it says Jesus and John could have seen it. And then, after that Spirit like a dove falls upon Christ, this loud, booming voice from heaven, Speaks down and says. Thou art my beloved son. And whom I am well pleased. So many people have testified about Jesus. The prophet John the Baptist testified about Jesus. We read and we see where the disciples testified about Jesus. We see where those who Jesus met in his ministry that were uh, healed of different diseases and and ailments, they testified about what Jesus had done for for them. We see and we read in the the book of Acts all the many uh, apostles, the apostles and Paul and all these people testifying and, and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. But the most important testimony that Jesus Christ has is right here at his baptism. When that booming voice from heaven, our heavenly father speaks and he says, thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. No other prophet have been told that most prophets they were known as Son of Man, Man of God. All several different names would come to mind when speaking of the prophets. Here's something. The Muslims will come and they will say that Jesus was a good prophet. And so they'll testify and they'll say, yes, we believe in Jesus. He was a they'll say he was a prophet of God. But no prophet ever had the testimony that Jesus had when our Heavenly Father spoke down out of heaven and said, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. No prophet had ever been told that. This is Jesus as God's Son is central to the gospel message. Jesus Christ Had he been any other person, we would not be here this evening. If he had been a person like you and me, he would have been a sinner. He would have been one that committed sins and would be in need of forgiveness. But yet he was not. He was the perfect son of God who came to this world to save sinners. This testimony is so uh, great that it was even mentioned several other times. And uh, one most another important time was Matthew chapter 17, when Jesus takes his three out of his core group—Peter, Peter, uh, uh, Peter John—and uh, shoot, I can't think of the other one's name right now. But he takes them up onto the Mount of Transfiguration, and, and as he's up there, he, he's there, and he, and he reveals himself in all of his glory. What a, and it's out of heaven, the voice of God speaks. This is my beloved son. But what does He say then? This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Here He says, "This is my beloved son." Another place He says, "Hear ye him." the only begotten Son of God came down out of heaven to this earth and as he was here he lived a sinless life. Now also, since that time, since he came to this earth, we're reminded what the Apostle John wrote in his letter, he said, oh, I'm sorry, in his gospel, he says, He came into his own in John 1 11. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We can now have that same. Love that he had for us. Because look. It says this is my beloved son. And we can experience that same belovedness. That Jesus encountered. Because of our union with Christ. Look a little further into John's gospel. John chapter 17. John chapter 17 verses 24 through 26 says, Father, this is Jesus' praying. He says, Father, I will, I, Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Isn't it great to know that you're loved? I've given my testimony a, a time or two here, and I've mentioned about how I grew up without a, a father in my life. Had a, a loving mother, loving grandmother, aunts and uncles that were that were always there, but never had a father to show me a fatherly love. But at that day, when I was 16 years old. I went to church on a Wednesday night and I came home experiencing conviction over sin, wrestling, struggling with my salvation, finally realizing after I got home that I was a sinner that deserved death, I was a sinner that deserved a punishment in hell. And it was that moment that I realized what true love was. So many people in this world don't know what true love is. We think that uh, if people show us any kind of affection that that's love. No, that's affection. There's a difference between love and affection. Many teenagers today are, are wrapped up in affection that they think is Love. With that said, many adults are the same way. Just watch any of these dumb reality shows, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. They all think this person loves them. No, he don't or she don't love them. They're they're involved in affection. They like them a lot. But it's not true love. True love says I will love you and stick by you no matter what. And that's what the Father's love is for us. He says when you come to me, He says I will in no wise cast you out. No matter what you, listen, this morning no matter what you've done, No matter what you've said, where you've been, God says, I will love you. He says, just come to me. I'll clean you up. And I'll make you into a new person. Thank you. At that moment, we come to Christ. We are met with the Father's approval. And it's the same approval that was given to Jesus at his baptism when he says, this is my beloved son. And whom my I well pleased? But then also with that. After his approval. We see Satan's tempting. Verses 12 through 13 says. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Now when you go and you read Matthew and Luke's account. It, it talks about the, the spirit led him into the wilderness. And in fact Matthew gives kind of the most... Uh, Detailed account of his being tempted in the wilderness. This speaks of the spirit driving him into the wilderness. It speaks of the spirit being in complete control of Jesus' life. And of course, that's how it should be with us, shouldn't it? The Holy Spirit should be uh, completely in control of our lives. Uh, Paul would write in the book of Ephesians, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and I believe, I'm sure I've said it before, but what that means is, just as the wine, the alcohol, takes control of the drunkard's life and tells the drunkard what to say and what to do, let the Holy Spirit of God have as much control over you as the wine has over the drunkard. So the Spirit was in complete control of Jesus' life. And it says that He immediately was driven into the wilderness. The wilderness being a, a desert, a dry desert place. And In the book of Matthew, we can look and we can see just what this temptation is so if you'll indulge me just to to read it and just see uh what goes on with jesus's temptation in the wilderness it says in verse number one of matthew chapter four it says then was jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil See that? He was led to the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give, angel, give his angels charge concerning thee. In their hands they shall bear thee up, and lest at any time thou shalt uh, time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. That was just a small portion of what went on. Jesus uh, or I'm sorry, Matthew gives us three instances of Jesus being tempted. But when you look at Mark's account, it seems that there was more than just those three. It seems that this was a continuous thing as he was in the wilderness. It says in verse 13, and he was in the wilderness 40 days tempted of the of Satan. Do you see how that's kind of worded? He was in there 40 days, tempted of Satan. But yet, 40 days. 40 days. And Jesus conquered temptation. Some people will point and say that this 40 days speaks of Moses. And his 40 days on Mount Sinai, Exodus Chapter 24, verse number 18. Or they speak of Elijah being in the wilderness for uh, 40 days. Uh, 1 Kings 19, uh, eight, verses 8 and 15. And these would be both deliverers of Israel. And they would be uh, be there and they overcome. But I believe this is something else. I believe that this 40 days was more symbolic of the 40 years that Israel Was in the wilderness. Being tempted. Remember those 40 years. Israel was in the wilderness. What happened? Temptation. After temptation. Came and what happened? Failure. After failure. After failure. Jesus. Didn't fail any tests. Jesus was tried as the only begotten Son of God and he passed the test. Look what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 18. It says, friend, that he himself hath suffered being tempted. It says he is able to succor, or that word means to aid or to help. He is able to succor to help them that are tempted. Jump ahead to chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse number 15. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched, With the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted. Like as we are. Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help. In time of need. What was the point. Of the temptation. Well first of all. It was to show that Jesus is a spotless lamb. It was to show that he was the lamb of God that John proclaimed. In John's ministry he was able to say, Behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. But in order to be that lamb of God, he would have to endure testing and trial to make sure that he was a lamb without blemish but then also he was tempted and he was tested and he was tried was tried because we are tempted and tested and tried And when we need help with something, we don't want to go to somebody that has no experience in what we're going through, do we? What's the joke I hear about uh, construction workers, how they'll have uh, these foremen come on the, the field that have spent more time in school than they have on the actual uh, workplace? and and they'll come through with their clipboard and hat and start saying, oh, you need to be doing it like this and being doing it like that. Well, they have no experience in the work, uh, construction work. And here they are trying to tell somebody else how to do their job that they're actually experienced in. You go to somebody and you say, man, I need help in this area. They might be able to look at you and you all the stuff. But until they've experienced. They know nothing about what you're going through. Amen. But Jesus Christ. Listen. Doesn't matter what you've been through in this life. Jesus. Endured the. Temptation of the flesh. He endured the temptation. Of uh, pride. Endured it at all. But yet. In all points. Tempted but passing everyone. What are you going through this evening? You've got something in your in your life that is just eating at you and you you're saying I, I, I'm trying to give it up but I'm just I'm tempted. Well so is Jesus. 40 days in the wilderness without eating fasting. And he was tempted to be take stones and turn them to bread. I've been on the Atkins diet all week. I would love to have the power to turn some stones to bread right now. <laughs> That's why I'm not the Lamb of God. I would fail immediately. If <laughs> it was up to me. But Jesus, being perfect, God in flesh, was able to endure all temptations and all trials so that when you endure trials and when you endure temptations and you get in your prayer closet and you say Lord I need help in this he's able to sympathize with you because he endured it too That's how it seems to be. Jesus had this grand experience at his baptism. What a great day that was. For John to see and for Jesus to experience with the Spirit descending upon him and the Father speaking down out of heaven... And his approval. Jesus. Experiencing this approval from his father. What a great time that was. But then immediately. The spirit takes him to the wilderness. For the purpose of being tempted and tried. We go through. Through. Ups and downs, valleys and mountain peaks. How many times have you been high on a mountain? Man, you are doing great. You are walking with God. You're you're getting up early. You're you're reading your Bible, you're saying your prayers, you, you've had temptations come your way, and, and you've you you've prayed and you've been able to overcome. But then Something a little harder than those other temptations come and get you. And now, after you've experienced this mountain peak high, you're then down in the valley. You have went from the waters to the wilderness almost immediately. And what do you need to do? You handle it the way Jesus handled it. You know how he obtained victory over temptation? By the Word of God. If you read the Word of God and you you can read and you can take in, so that when you take in the Word of God, you have an arsenal of weapons to battle the enemy when he comes. Jesus knew just what words to say. You might be sitting there and you, you say, Well, I'm not Jesus. I won't know what words to say. Listen, if you just get into the Word of God and you start studying the Word of God and putting Scripture to memory, when the time comes, you'll be able to recall some scriptures that will help you in a time of need. That's the time. When we're in the wilderness, that's why we do what we that's why we study. That's why we worship. When you endure these times of trials, Jesus is there. He's been through them before. He's been through them and He'll go through them with you. John's baptism, the Spirit's descent, the Father's approval, Satan's tempting. Where could you say that you're at? You're at that, are you at that point where, where you're about to, uh, to step in, take your first step of obedience towards God through baptism? Are you at that point where where you, you've gotten uh, the, the spirit uh, filling you and, and coming upon you and empowering you to, to do some work? And you're feeling so caught up in the spirit that, that, man, you just know that what you're doing, the Heavenly Father is sitting there going, come on, son, come on, daughter, you're doing great. Or mm-hmm. you're at that point where you're in the wilderness and you're wondering, man, I've been tried and tried and tried again. I need some help. Where are you at in your life? Where are you at this moment spiritually? In the waters? Are you going into the wilderness? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you this evening and answer that question. As we stand to our feet for our final hymn, pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.